Dana and welcome to the Christian Women in Business podcast show. It is so great to have you here today. We have some very, very exciting news. It is coming up to July in a couple of weeks time, which means our membership intakes will be opening. And we are excited to announce that we are now offering monthly business bundles. Now, these business bundles um, have come out of a bit of a pivot for CWIB. Um, these past coming months in, in the back end of um, organizing CWIB, I really wanted to start bringing value for women that would help them on a physical level in their businesses and uh, be able to help uh, people who feel overwhelmed, especially with social media and um I know some people in the community, they're like, oh my gosh, like how does Canva even work? Like this whole social media and consistency and what am I going to post can feel quite overwhelming. And so we've been racking our brains and trying to think of different ways that we could help women in business who are Christian um, on a more practical level. So uh, at the beginning of this month, we released our first business bundle. And what's included in the business bundle is um, some stock images. So we've collaborated with a lovely photographer in our community and um, she's so kindly um, offered to provide us with monthly stocks. So we'll be receiving monthly stocks from her, which will be available in the business bundles. We have calendars um, for each month in advance. So if you join in July, you'll get a calendar for August. So you can start organizing for the month ahead. And we've put different prompts on there about what to post, um, fun events that are happening in different days like National Chocolate Day um, just to engage with your audience and just to help you feel less overwhelmed. And then with that, there will be small business tips too that won't take up much of your time, but they'll be very powerful, different kind of practical things that you can do in your business to help you along. So if you're thinking about joining Christian Women in Business, of course, we will still have the community side, but we do now have the monthly business bundles and they will be ongoing so I strongly encourage you to pop your name on the wait list and pop your applications in now and you can do that through the website all you need to do is click join now today we are joined by a very special lady she is on a mission to support and continue to support women and families who have gone through child loss. And her favorite thing to do on the weekend is go to church with her family and sing together, which is beautiful. Welcome to the podcast, Rudu. Thank you, Sarah. Um, thank you for having me. That's okay. I'm so excited to be here. Now, you're in sunny stroke, cloudy stroke, cold Melbourne, which is exciting. We haven't had someone on the show from Australia for ages. Oh, really? Um, it's, yeah, Melbourne is a bit cold at the moment. It's mixed, but um, we're getting through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure all the Americans are thinking, what the hell are they on about? But Australia <laughs> is in the land down under, and we are the opposite to everyone else. So it's winter and it's cold. Now, from your accent, we can tell that you're not originally from Australia. So I would love for you to share with us your story about uh, where you've come from, how you came to Australia, and what God's got you up to now. Okay, so thank you. So I came from, I'm originally from Zimbabwe in Africa, Southern Africa. 
I came here in I came to Australia when I was 19 years for uni. I was studying at the Deakin. Uh, so I went through my studies there and my I had my sister here and I have a brother here. My brother is still here. So they were the ones who came before me. Then I came after that. We were staying in separate places because uh, Melbourne is quite big and I had to stay closer to uni. And uh, when I was at uni, I was going to church as well. Um, because uh, my sister was a very active member of the church that I uh, go to, which is called uh, Forwarding Faith Ministries. Uh, so I started growing in my faith um, within the church. Well, growing up, my family was not so much um, into, we were not, we were not saved. We knew about God, mm. but we were, um, my family, we were in between. We would uh, go to church sometimes, but we were not, um, we were not really saved. So I got uh, to understand more about God and God saved when I was actually now in Australia. And I started serving God um, in the music ministry. I served in the music ministry. Then I completed my degree in 2014. What did you study? I did uh, health sciences. Oh, nice. Yeah, I could have finished earlier, but in twenty in twenty ten, I lost my dad, and um, oh. it completely threw me off. Like I stopped for a while. I yeah, it's mm. like you know, mm-hmm. dad is a girl's yeah. rock. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I I I delayed for like two semesters. I couldn't study. I couldn't do anything. I was yeah. just off and. Praise God, um, with the support of some of my friends um, going through counseling, I then picked up, then I completed my, my bachelor's. Then I met a handsome guy <laughs> to now. <laughs> in 20, um, we met in 2015. It was at a youth conference. I'm in the youth ministry as well. Now I um, volunteer as an advisor in there, but I was part of the youth ministry as a youth um, and I went to Perth uh, for a conference I was totally not looking for anything there I was just there to <laughs> to worship God and to go into the conference to be honest I didn't speak to him he was just one of the guys who were in the worship team so I didn't speak to him then I was just like oh yeah we're just in the worship I didn't even think anything of it except one thing that is funny about our story happened at that conference we were in practice and he sort of held my hand and he's like I'm going to show you to my mom and this was <laughs> someone I wasn't even speaking to and we always talk about that we think it was divine a divine meeting because he says I said it unconsciously because when he said it I was like I just took off and I ran away. I'm like, oh, this guy is a, is, is a bit of a freak. How can he say that to me? <laughs> 
So then um, after I finished the conference, I came back to Melbourne. Then after a while, he contacted me. We just became friends, like people were in the youth ministry together. And there was nothing there until like 20, um, until, yeah, end of 20. Actually, we met in 2013. Then 2014 end, um, that's when um, he went to my, in my ministry, we sort of like go to your, when someone is actually really serious, they go to the elders of the church and they let them know. So he went there and told them and he had asked for my, um, for my audience. Then, yeah, we, I sort of went Then I'm like, okay, um, I, then we started courtship then um, we got traditionally married, we went back to Zim for our traditional marriage in 2015 September, then we had our wedding back I saw in Zim, we went back to Zim in 2016. So he's from Zimbabwe as well? Yes he's, yeah. he's from Zimbabwe and um, my in-laws are actually pastors. Yeah so, right. Yeah <laughs> it was like yeah, it was uh, to me I saw God and lot in my story life because growing up I really like we I my family we went through a lot my break background my dad he was a good uh, husband to my mom except he had some other wives if you've ever heard about like Africa this happens a lot in Africa it happened a lot with the generations maybe three generations before us the men would get extra wives and stuff like that so there was a time when I was growing up and I used to think maybe that's how I'm going to go as well be someone's either second wife or be the first wife but with other wives so to me yeah it's it was like a big blessing to meet this person who has um who who has now given their lives to God and just wants that that path in marriage where um, it's just you and your spouse. There is no one else because you know it's. Yeah, it gets complicated when yes. you're in such a situation. Yeah, even for me as a child, I have um, step siblings, and we get along very well. But you know, it's not the same. It's mm. it's not the same for them. It's not the same for us. But we loved our dad. He was a great dad. He took care of us very well except yeah that part of life was not um it's not something you'd be hoping for so yeah it was it was a blessing to get married to as to just my husband it's just as us so after we got married um we um i we wanted originally we wanted to wait from having kids and have a year but what happened when i went to africa i had taken um the pill like the prescription for the pill and i bought the pill and started it you know what they say start a week early before you um get together and stuff like that so everything was fine (laughs) except when we were coming back i don't know where the pills went they just disappeared and we got here to um, back to Australia, and we we actually didn't actually go on a honeymoon. We decided to stay at our house because we were just like young. We were, we were young, and we were like trying to get together our house and stuff like that. So like, if we go away, this is still going to be waiting for us. So let's fix our house, and uh, we'll see about the honeymoon 
linked up and stuff like that. So we stay. And you know, being newlywed couples staying, uh, even if you're on honeymoon, like you're all <laughs> over each other. Yeah. <laughs> but what we realized, we couldn't find, I couldn't find my pills. So we're like, okay, let's book an appointment to go to the doctor on Monday. Um, and then we'll get another pretty everything will be fine. We didn't know that I was, um, at that time, I was actually um, ovulating. <laughs> so we're like, okay, uh, we'll, since we'll get them, we should be fine. And we still believe that the Saturday before we went to the doctor, we actually uh, might have conceived at that time. I hope I'm not getting into too much of detail, but yeah, this is what happened. So I then got we then got pregnant. Um, we were happy with it. We still we still believe that this was God's plan for us because we don't know how we misplaced the the, the pills and then the, you know everything just went just like that. So we got pregnant and we we're so happy about it. And uh, we went on through it. I was not sick. I was fine. Like I was okay. Like. Um, I had, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, um, I was vomiting, but it was fine. It wasn't bad. Morning sickness. Yeah, morning sickness, yeah. But it wasn't bad. So we went on, everything was fine. Then in November, I, we got pregnant in April. Uh, yeah, April, May. That's when we conceived. Then in November, we, we are so into serving God. My husband and I, we are, at the moment, we are deacons in our church. We love serving God with our substance, uh, with our energy. We can sweep the church. Uh, we are in the music ministry. We love music. I'm not a, the greatest singer. My husband is a, um, is a musician, so I'm in there to support him and to also worship God and minister to God. So um, we were uh, doing this in, in, in the church that I am part of. When in business, we call them talents, uh, sort of like working using your talent, and it goes into a business. So we were doing that, and we were at a place where we were decorating and stuff. So I was, uh, at that time, I was about seven months pregnant, and I just started feeling, um, you know, I started feeling like I want to push, like I want oh, to push gosh. something, but I knew that it was seven months. It, it, surely I couldn't be in labor yet. It, it, I could be in labor, but I got to you know, it's too early. And I kept on pacing, kept on pacing. Then I started having real pain. And we had a doctor at that function, and my husband went to this doctor, and she asked her, you know, my wife is feeling like this. And then I was now sitting in the car. I was now, like, crying from the pain and the doctor just came looked at me and they said look your wife is crying she's crying because of pain uh quickly go to the hospital so we went to the hospital we started praying and we went to the hospital uh there is a hospital uh that's called the mercy hospital we went there um on the way i vomited and stuff like that and we arrived there they quickly took me in and you know at the way a lot of people, it was a uh, cold red, there were a lot of doctors and stuff like that. And I was just praying, holding my time, praying for my baby. And mm. they put the monitor on and the scan on and the heartbeat was gone. Aww. I told them, repeated, my baby is still in there. They repeated, like we started singing and worshiping God at that time. Because, you know, I felt 
I felt oh, there was nothing else that I could do. Uh, yeah. I didn't know what else to do, who else to call. Like Then my husband got hold of our pastors and some people from our children started praying. And I kept on saying to the doctor, look, every 15 minutes, check my baby. The baby, she can't, it was a girl. She can't be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, the doctor said, look, um, you're, we are now scared for you, for your life, because this is very uh, dangerous. You could die from this. Because they didn't know, you know, the Wednesday before, it, this was a Saturday. On the Wednesday, I'd gone to the hospital for my normal checks, and everything was fine. fine. Because on the monitor for like 30 minutes, the baby was kicking fine. Everything was okay. And the doctor said, you know, um, we think maybe there could be bleeding inside of you. You could be bleeding. And um, there was a cut of the blood circulation to the baby because you are clotting inside. So it's, um, it's dangerous. You could die from it. And, you know, I was, I really wanted this baby, you know, even yeah. if it's, it's like we had wanted to wait. Once you, uh, you've been pregnant, you want this baby. Yeah. And, you know, and I started asking God, good, why, you know, everything has been going well and stuff like that. So, um, my husband was, then the doctor went and spoke to my husband and, you know, my husband came back and he said uh, to me, you know, you know what? What's more valuable at the moment is your life to me. I know we wanted this baby and we were happy about it, but you met um, at the moment first. We need to save you. Mm. So then he, you know, he spoke the word to me and he started praying with me and we might accepted it at that time. And I'm like, okay. Then the doctor said, we will, we will going to put you on high monitoring and um, you tell us, do you want us to operate you or to, to do a scissor to take out the baby or, or you want to push the baby out? And I didn't want a scissor at, um, at all. So I'm like, oh, push the baby out. I had to wait until it was like around, then it was like around two. I, would, I had to wait uh, until six in the morning. So oh, they said it's, it's high risk for you to wait. But if that's what you want, um, we will make you sign and allow you to do that. Um, so I, I, I still wanted this time believing that I can still pray and yeah. God, you can do something. So I waited until morning. Then my parents in law were in Adelaide. We called them and, and they bought tickets to come. My mom was in Africa, unfortunately. And yeah. She was just now a mess crying and praying. A lot of people were praying for, for us at that time. So in the morning, I had a friend. I have a, a friend. She's now a pastor here in Syria. I called her. I said, look, I need you to come to the hospital right now. Because at that time, my husband was not tired. He had come from a night shift, and we had gone to help out with this uh, community function. <laughs> and you know, he was now very exhausted. Even yeah, I would feel sorry for him. So I called my friend. I said, need to come now. She quickly got onto a taxi. Her husband was at work. Quickly got into a taxi and came to the mercy. And, you know, she was praying with us in the morning. My um, my uh, parents in love, we call them in love. They arrived, and you know, everyone was, you know, people were just not, you know, people were really sad and stuff like that. And at that time, the Holy Spirit just ministered to me that you're going to need to be strong. 
at that time. And I started, when my husband was sleeping, I started to read the Word of God from Psalms um, 46, which um, if in most Bibles, it's called God the Refuge of His People. That's in the New King James Version, God the Refuge of His People and the Conqueror of Nations. In verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You know, I had, I've read, I've read the Bible, but I had never like just gone spot on and found this verse. And it's at that time, it's what I needed. So I started reading this chapter. You know, it, if you go on reading it, it talks about, you know, um, it says, therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, them, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make great the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. You know, it keeps on going. And in verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted, exalted in the earth. I kept on reading this verse. I love the book of Psalms because it calms you down. It's got Psalms. It, you know, it, some of them were written by David, some of them by other Psalmists. But I, with the parts where David was writing, most of them was writing when he was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he used it to, you know, it calmed him down. It gave him hope. So automatically I went there and, you know, it started giving me hope. I hadn't pushed this baby out. I yeah. knew that I had a baby who was still in my tummy, but she was going to be with the Lord. And I, at that time, I uh, we went through and I started pushing um, the baby. It was time to push the baby. People were praying, waiting in the waiting room. Like my husband and my friend um, was pushing the baby. And, you know, there is some women who go through this. You know that you're pushing this baby or you're having a Caesar, but the, it's you're getting nothing after this. Yeah. You know, that realization. And uh, the baby went, uh, I had the baby, you know, she was beautiful when I saw mm. her. You know, she was so beautiful and she had already formed because she was seven months. She had already yeah. formed and uh, everything was now very visible. She was beautiful. And yeah, and um, at that time, you know, after that, in my culture, when you have a baby that uh, dies in the womb, you're not supposed to see it when it comes out. They just take the baby and oh, dispose really? of it. Yeah, in, in my culture, that happens. And it happens in, in some cultures as well. Yeah. You, uh, they don't want you to see the baby. Some people believe that it's, it means you have bad luck or you won't have other babies. But for me, I thought it at that time, and you know, they, there is no funeral for that baby and stuff like that. And that's, that's what, because now the baby was out and people were now discussing this. And I remember people discussed it. I gave birth to the, this, um, this, the baby came out around 6 and almost around 8 p.m. People were already like, it's 7 or 8 p.m., less than two mm, hours. Two hours. People were already discussing, dispose, uh, disposing of this baby. And, Aww. you know, no one had cared to, to, to ask me, what am I thinking? 
because it's not their fault. It's how culture is put it through. So mm. I just said to my, I asked my husband, like, can you ask um people to go? We will, yeah, we will speak to them. Just say she's now tired. We'll speak to them. Then our friends stayed and we talked to them. Like these were, these are like really close friends to us, and we told them, look, we want to be able to say goodbye to this baby and feel it's okay. So we um, we spoke to my father-in-law after that. He was understanding and he sought uh, from his other pastors and one of the pastors told, told him, look, not many people are going to be with you, but if that's what your kids want, um, go for it if you can do it. So we failed the baby. We know a lot of people in the community, but it was just us, our friends, my parents-in-law, my brother-in-law, and two other families. Mm. Everyone else did not want to be associated with that because it's unnatural. It's, yeah. it's not supposed to happen. Okay. And it's all those things. And, you know, after that, we went through, you know, what happened, who caused the baby. In, in, in the African culture, people start to look, who caused the baby to die and stuff oh, like that. Gosh. And there is no support, you know. You know, that it's no support to say, how is the mother doing? I remember one person already, a month into, after we, we lost this baby, someone was already asking me, are you, when is the name, when is the baby, when is a, a baby coming and stuff. No, no consideration and all for what you've gone through and going through all that it made me realize there is need for support for women who go through this absolutely because i know it's just not just the african culture i know some cultures from speaking to a lot of women now after i wrote this book um i've seen it's a lot of cultures a lot of um countries where this goes on and these women have no support these families have no support the couples they end up maybe divorcing when they were not supposed to separate because of the um, you know so much trouble being caused by this where people want to know who caused it was it the husband was this the wife were they you know all that stuff so to me the holy spirit ministered to me to say you know this story yes you've gone through pain but for anything that you've gone through there is a greater cause to it and you know i want you to be able to be that voice for everyone who's gone through this to tell them look the things that you go through you know at that time i couldn't answer the phone and you know some some people could have gotten upset some people got upset she's not picking up her phone but it I couldn't do it at that time. And sometimes there is just these small things that cause unwanted misunderstanding. You know, someone wanted me to be able to do things like normal as if I never gave birth. But you've, having gone through the labor and stuff, like you've already given birth, just like the woman who's, give, who's given birth and they've come out with a live baby. We just haven't come out with a live baby, but you've gone through it and there is need for that time for your body to heal, for you to go through some healing. And there is not much consideration for that. I remember a relative asking me, you know, uh, you should be able to go to work. It was a week after I had gone through this. You know, they already asked me about work and stuff like that. And someone That's wanted hard. me to, to do this, you know, go with them to the mall and do this and that. Because um, because of you being, um, sometimes when you are an in, in in-law in a family, 
you know, there is all these expectations and stuff like that. Mm. So to me, I really uh, am on a mission to let these women know whatever they feel. You know, there are some times when people can say that to you, um, someone comes and says, uh, you tell them, or maybe it's after they've had, you've had a miscarriage or you've lost a baby. And they'll be like, you have other babies. They, sometimes they don't realize you wanted this baby. Yeah. You, you know you could have other babies, but you wanted this baby. So mm. to me, my mission is getting in between and letting the people... Sometimes they're not doing it because they want to hurt you. It's yeah, just how right. it comes out. And I mm. see sometimes it's the enemy also, the devil trying to get in between and giving you these thoughts or putting the message across in a wrong way and you're hurt. So to me, I'm here to let the women who go through this, it's okay if you feel you wanted that baby. And to let the whoever is coming to them to say, look, this woman wanted this baby. So find a way of consoling her with the word of God. Don't visit and be a judge. And, you know, sometimes you don't want to say your story. If you visit someone who's lost a baby and they don't want to talk about their story, it's fine. Don't push them to talk about their story. When they are ready and they want to share what's happened, they're going to do it. Just be there as a comfort. Maybe if you visit, in my book, I speak about, if you visit um, the person, maybe wash the dishes, uh, you know. <laughs> they, they, they've, they've gone through labor. They, they still need caring, just like they had brought home a baby. Yeah. Wash the dishes. Offer to clean the house. You know, yeah. Don't sit down and start, you know, lecturing. How are you? Out, you, know? Yeah. you know, I got these things like you were not praying enough. We got that we met with my husband. You were not praying enough. You were, you know, stuff like that. And no one, I believe that no one gets pregnant and they want to lose a baby. It's, yeah, so so that's my um, mission. I've spoken a lot, but that's, <laughs> that's yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's really what, um, what made me, you know, after that, it didn't happen easy. After that, I got pregnant again. I got pregnant, um, I think, three, three or four months after that, but I lost that pregnancy. It was oh. six weeks. Gosh. I lost the pregnancy again. And, you know, you start to question yourself. Um, you, you, know, you, you know, you believe God and stuff like that, but there are these things that happen within some of our cultures where if the woman is losing, if a pregnancy goes, it's the issue of the woman or it's something that's happening. You know, and it causes you to question yourself. If imagine you already lost uh, a baby, you lose again. And I, from counseling some women, I remember a lady who told me she had 12 miscarriages and she couldn't identify herself anymore. She was now lost and, you know, she, she, she just didn't know. And that's, that's what happens when there is no support, when there is no, you know, an mm. open an open mind about this. Let's discuss this. It doesn't mean there is something wrong with this woman. It doesn't mean that uh, it's her fault. It doesn't mean she's done anything wrong. Mm. It's something that's happening. I believe, especially when we are Christians, the enemy is not going... There are some things uh, the enemy would try to keep on fighting because our children are being born in families where they're going to be given 
Christian values. They are going to know God. They are going to be better people in the community. It's not going to come easy in some instances. So I believe it's just a fun. But praise God, um, we tried again and we gave, uh, we gave birth to a son. I'm telling you, he's the most gorgeous kid I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen. I know everyone says that about their children. But I've even seen what was being fought because he's two right now. He can sing worship songs. He can, um, he can pray already. I believe that by that he's going to impact the world. And right now we have um, God blessed us again. Um, we have a three, four months. She turned four months yesterday. Uh, we have a four, four month year old girl. And I just want to bring hope to ladies to say, you know, or families or husbands that are going through this. My husband also wrote a part in the book about him uh, yeah. where he speaks about men not being able to grieve because they're they supposed to be strong. strong. He said, yeah. this was my kid too. And mm-hmm. I remember at a time, there was a time when we lost our first pregnancy and I had to console my husband. The Holy Spirit just ministered to me that it's not just about you. You're not the only one who's been affected by this. Mm-hmm. He also has been affected. You need to be there for him. And so, you know, I started comforting. There is a day that he just broke down. You know, yeah. he had been strong. All he held it together and then. Yeah. And yeah. he just broke down in the Holy Spirit. In, in a normal culture, you say, you are the husband. Why are you crying? You're not supposed to cry. But it's not like that. These men, when we when a couple loses, it's all both of them. And I have a part where uh, I went out and asked my siblings, my sister, how did you feel when I lost my friends? The whole everyone around you is affected. All of us, we are affected. You, you know, the grandparents are affected. So yeah. I want us to be able as communities or as families to come together and see it as our loss. There is no one to blame and mm. allow God to minister to all of us so that we can have healing and for the babies that are going to come, to come when there is healing, you know, when you've been blamed that, you know, you're the one who caused the loss of this baby or you, I'm pretty sure when you have the, you get pregnant again, you are anxious, you're feeling that way. And, you know, when the baby eventually comes, maybe you're angry at people, you know, and we are bringing now babies into worlds, into a world that is full of tension, that mm. is full of misunderstanding. So that's my mission. That's awesome. <laughs> um, not awesome that you went through that, but awesome that um, that you're on a mission now to help others. I know, like for me, and even in the CWIB community, we've had um, a couple of women who have had a similar experience to you. Uh, where they unfortunately got quite a long way through their pregnancy and, um, you know, it, it happened. Um, and I, so from the other perspective, okay, I've, I've never been pregnant. <laughs> I don't have any kids. Um, I've had, this happened to two very dear friends. And I must admit, I had no idea how to react. Absolutely no idea. The only thing I could do was cry for them. Like I, it was just so heartbreaking and I really liked that you've mentioned some things about what 
friends and family can do to support women um, and men, uh, well, the marriage, the couple who have gone yeah. through um, what it is, because uh, you just have no idea. Like, your heart absolutely breaks. And like you said, some people you'll say things and you're just saying it out of love, trying to make people feel better, but you have no idea what it is that they're going through. So I was wondering, can you briefly go through for us friends who want to do our best for the friends who have lost? You've mentioned um, going and helping them with the housework. What other things can we do to make women feel better like well to support the couple uh, other things that i've written that um that i know would be helpful is don't like i've mentioned it first don't push them to tell them so what happened just be there what the most thing that you need people to be because i understand my friend um said the same thing that um, I asked her, I asked her. So, how did you go through? She said she didn't know what to say. She didn't know how to react. And I want also the women that go through this to understand. Most people don't know. They want to be there, but they don't know. And mm-hmm. that's all right. The things that you could do is pray for them. You know, ask them, well, "How can I pray for you?" You know, prayer goes a long way because um, in in the word of God, um, it talks about praying. Uh, when you pray with the Holy Spirit, you pray, the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf. It prays for you for things that you do not do. You might not know what uh, to say about what your friend is going through, but allow the Holy Spirit to use you to pray for that person. Pray for them. Read, you know, give them um resources i know some sometimes when you go through this like when i went through this i have a friend she lives in brisbane she just said can i have your address and i gave her she just sent this book um it was a book on it was um a book on pregnancy loss having babies again that was awesome uh, you know i'm like she didn't even tell me what she was sending me she just said can i have your address <laughs> um, you can and you know it came with some drink some I, I don't think it came with some you know some um, sparkling juice and stuff like mm. that you know pamper them you know make them feel they are okay because I remember when after I lost my baby you know when you're nine seven months your body has really changed a lot yeah. I lost I had you know I had instances where I'd lost a lot of self-confidence you know mm. you know I have this baby body, but yeah, there's no the baby, baby to show for it. Yeah. You know, you, you have all those. You, know, you can take them shopping. You can take them shopping, you know, give them, you know, those things like compliment them. Tell them, you know, you look fine. You know, when you see them, I remember our friends, I like some weeks ago, I was laughing at them. I'm like, you guys are strong. I was swollen. My face <laughs> Were swollen and I just showered and they came through and they're like wow you look beautiful and stuff like that and <laughs> it encouraged I really needed that at that time and you know it encouraged me but you know now that 
I know. I was looking at the photos. I'm like, were you guys serious? And you were just trying to psych me. But, you know, compliment them. You know, um, I've talked about helping them with house chores, you know, go shopping for them, you know, just make them be in this place where they are relaxed, you know. You know, if sometimes they might want to watch something, just be there, you know. You might not like... Um, romance movies uh, or you might not like chick flicks but if what they were if that's what they want to watch at that time you know watch with them you might not like a certain gospel movie watch with them you know yeah do things but yeah just be there you know because this thing of um uh, it's another big cause of mental health issues because especially when someone goes through it and they become quiet and mm. um they don't have any support they are thinking, they are processing a lot of things. Mm. So we need to be watchful of that as well. You know, offer them help, you know, ask them. Sometimes even ask them, are you okay? As simple as that. So Yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, you've now, obviously you've got your book, um, which um, you share a, 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 about your story and all these types of things. And I think it's great also that you've got your husband involved too um before we get on to where people can find it can you share with us what's your bible verse for this season oh for this season or for the season that you were in um i know that you've mentioned the psalms um as we were as you were sharing your story was that was that the bible verse or did you have more that you clung on to uh, as um, you were going through uh i have a lot of um I have a lot of verses that um, that minister to me a lot in this time. But another one that I dedicate to couples that are going through are going through this because to me, I, we also want to be to minister to couples that go through this to let them know, look, it's okay if that you've gone through this. It's going to be okay. It's going to get better. You know, keep believing. If you, God can do a miracle. Because, you know, with the pregnancies that we've had our kids, they were not easy. Like last year, I had blood clots in my lungs when I got pregnant. It wasn't an easy season. Uh, You know, I had to inject myself every day for nine months. Mm. I had to inject myself with aclexin. And anyone who knows that injection, it's, it's it's very, it can be very painful. Is that the blood in one? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It can be very. They're coming up with a better one, but it's a very painful injection. But I want to share with everyone this verse, Jeremiah thirty-two, verse twenty-seven, which says, "Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything hard for me?" This verse it ministers to me a lot. Because it's him, God himself, you know. The word of God says, um, God honors his word above his names. His word, what he has said, he has said to about his word, it comes to pass. In Isaiah, um, in, in the book of Isaiah, the word of God says that, you know, the word of God does not go back to him void. It mm-hmm. accomplishes what it he has what you know he has sent it for. It is fruitful. And here the Lord is saying that is there anything that is too hard for me? So I want to say to 
anyone who's going through this, in this time, God is saying to you, is there anything that is too hard for me? It could be you need comfort. It could be you need healing. It could be you're still believing God for your baby. God is still saying, is there anything that is too hard for me? So, you know, if God asks himself, asks you, that is there anything too hard for me? You answer him. In your situ- in that situation that you're going through, it could be, I know this podcast, a lot of Christian women who are in business are listening. It, it applies to anything. God is saying, is there anything too hard for me? That's the very, one of the other verses that I dedicate to people who go through this. That God can do anything. He's the God of all creation. He created the heavens and the earth. His word is true. You know, the Bible in the book of John, it says, you know, in the beginning was the word. The, the, the word was with God. And the word was God. God is his word. He does what he says. That's beautiful. I love that. Jesus was there. He's the word. Yeah. He's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally, totally beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And thank you so much for sharing something that's so vulnerable yet um, is hidden and it shouldn't be hidden. And I think a lot of people struggle to talk about it. Um, and I, um, honor you and respect you for sharing what you have done today. And listeners, if you are listening, if you, um, have a friend who's gone through what we've been talking about today, um, we now have some tips of how we can help our friends. Um, and if, if you are that woman going through, um, I know that, um, you will probably, well, you will find this book, um, I guess, empowering. Um, it'll understand what it is you're going through and know that you're not alone and know that when it's your right time, it is okay for you to talk about it and to find that person or um, the professional that you can talk to and, and allow God to heal you and um know that it's okay to grieve as well um it's totally okay so where can listeners what's your book called and where can listeners find it so my book is called miraculous restoration uh journey to recover after pregnancy loss so it's available on amazon if you just um uh, type out miraculous restoration by rudo mutsigwa it will come out on um, Amazon. I also have, um, you can also get a paperback. You can also put a, get a hard copy um, of this book. Um, I'm working on making it available on another platform, um, which I will keep on sharing. Or yeah. you can, if you just try to find me on Facebook, um, you will get a lot of links to my book on there. Yeah, and of course we'll pop it all on the show notes as well. So if you miss that or if you're driving, just head to the show notes once you're safe and um, you can find the links through there. Well, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and sharing your amazing story. And I'm so glad to hear that uh, you've been blessed with two gorgeous babies. I know 
I like what you said, the, the pregnancy still weren't all smooth sailing, but you've got to that point and you overcame that fear of getting pregnant again, which must have been huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, because, you know, you, 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 um, you know, I actually went through a season of fear, not just fearing to be pregnant, but just fear, you know, that unknown fear. Mm. And I had to overcome it. I remember my husband used to work on my duties and I would stay awake looking at the door, just waiting for him because I was yeah, scared to fall scared. asleep. Mm. So I want to, to everyone to know that there is a better, there is the other side and God can heal you, take yes. away that fear and you can start to just live again just like you did before and look forward to life again. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for this opportunity um, for me to share this with everyone. It's my passion and it's my mission to get this out and get our communities knowing that um, it's okay to talk about yeah absolutely absolutely it is okay and it's totally okay well you're listening to the christian women in business podcast show it's been great to have you here if today's um, subject has touched your heart like we said reach out we are here for you um reach out to your friends reach out to professionals and um please um support redo by buying her book or getting it on amazon and we'll catch you next time bye for now the christian women in business podcast is sponsored by performance pa virtual business assistant virtual pa lets you focus on what you do best in your business and you can let performance pa take care of the rest